Hello, and welcome to the Box in One podcast, a podcast discussing sports and culture through the lens of the gospel. My name is John Richards, and I'm your co-host today, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Chris Lassiter and Jeremy Hartman. Welcome to episode seven of the Box in One podcast. I'm your host, John Richards, along with my co-host, C. Lass, and Jay Hart. Chris Laster and Jerry Jeremy Hartman for those of you who don't know and we are seven episodes in this is great and today's episode we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs our man Harambe R.I.P. Harambe the gorilla in the Cincinnati Zoo and also an icon who passed away in Muhammad Ali we'll also be talking about Craig Hodges that's going to be interesting you want to stick around for that. So let's go ahead and hop right in and start talking about the NBA playoffs. Obviously, by the time we're, we're podcasting here, we are in the NBA finals. Or do you really want to call it the NBA finals? Because we're not so sure. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers are two games down. They're down 0-2 to two to the NBA champion Golden State Warriors. Are the Cavs done right now? Finished. Finito. It's over. Stick a fork in them. Why you don't think they can come back? They're not coming back. It's a bad matchup all the way around for Cleveland. Um, And they just don't have the guys that can guard multiple positions. Um, They don't have the playmakers. Uh, Kyrie looks like, you know, he's just like, I'm not passing the ball, but if you let me dribble it 14 times and then shoot it, I'm good. Um, Kevin Love, not sold on K-Love, Kevlar. Um, I don't think he's Kevlar. He's tissue paper. He might he might be more like Kleenex. Um, they're just done. Like You can see it in the body language. You can see it in the faces of those guys <laughs> last night. Um, they're done. Like It's just a bad matchup, and I think Golden State now, after they got through OKC, they're kind of like, we're playing with house money. This is our territory now. Um, we can play loose. We can play free and do what we do. And um, I give Cleveland maybe one game. They might win game three or four, but that's it. I think one meme sums it up for me, and that's the boys in the hood meme. Do, do y'all, do y'all, do y'all want to see a dead body? Steph Curry, Iggy, Green. They looking at the dead body of LeBron James laying in an open field. That sums it up for me. There's nothing else I need to say about that because, like you said, this is a bad matchup for those guys. What about you, I mean, Steve? Is there hope? I mean, just off the meme, like I think the bigger point is I just don't think we ever thought Steph could get here. Like his star could go that high. But I think we also never thought LeBron's could go that low. Another, what would, what would, as you guys try to process, if this continues, I mean, I don't think they're done. I think if they get game three momentum shifts, I still think Golden State's the better team and they win in the end. But I don't think it'll be a sweep, and I think they'll make it a series. I think LeBron has too much pride to just go out like this. But I don't think he's going to win, and I'm just kind of curious, you know, like what, what is Steph's legacy if he gets two MVPs in a row? best team ever regular season percentage wise and then two rings and then what's lebron's if he loses so what do you guys think about those like what's lebron's legacy coming up another nba law I, I really think your boy is to blame for this too john richardson i think popovich kind of said here's how you guard lebron in the finals 
because he has his game is great. But like you can take away things from LeBron and make him look really average at times. I think that's kind of the difference between him and Jordan is you can just isolate him, make him become a jump shooter. And he doesn't always look so great in that role in the NBA finals. But I just don't know what his legacy becomes if he loses another finals. And on the flip side, like what is Steph's not even having a great finals? I mean, he's having a decent finals, but they haven't needed him. It's a it's a non-story because the games have been blowouts. So legacy. Here's what, I'm, here's what I say about legacy, because I can't really start talking about Steph Curry's legacy until we're about four or five more years out in terms of what he'll do in the next four or five years. He's had an amazing run. Don't get me wrong. And I think I still think and I'll stand by my I stand by my punches on this. I really do think that LeBron is the best player in the world. But I also think that he only has one gear or one speed. And we've been seeing this in the finals because he just bulldogs people, like bulldozes people. That's like his thing. Whenever he gets frustrated or whenever he feels like he needs a bucket, and rightfully so, you're 6'8", 270, do whatever you want on the court. But then again, <laughs> like there's no other component of his game that really helps his team right now. And that's why he's frustrated because nobody else is creating. So I think that in terms of his legacy, yeah, he he dipped for Miami, won some championships there. Um, come back to Cleveland thinking he can do it with a Cavaliers team. Just because you brought James Jones with you doesn't mean you're going <laughs> to win championships, buddy. Does not mean. So I think he I'm not sure he might take his talents elsewhere. You know he signed he signed that one year deal with the player option, right? Or was it a two year deal? Whatever it was, he had the player option with the player option after the first year. Yeah, because next year is big money year for everybody. Like twenty seventeen is like the lottery for everybody. He can't go so, back to Miami. It'll kill his legacy. He can go anywhere he wants to go. Oh, he can go, but he can't go. He can't go with his legacy attack. <laughs> well, just to answer your question, I don't think that um, right now when you t- speak of in terms of, le- of legacy, if both of them retired right now, I'd have to go with LeBron just because. Oh, his, yeah, but his, I mean, his, we got Steph in the Hall of Fame if he wins, for sure. Uh, Two titles, two MVPs. Uh, 73-win season. Yeah, that's a team, though. Like He's like, going to the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest shooter ever. He will go, but it will be based off his next four or five years. Like, he's not really there yet. Like, you're saying if he retires this year, he'll go to the Hall of Fame? He's that's what he's I'm asking. going to the Hall of Fame. No, I'm not asking you that. Yeah. <laughs> you're not answering my question right now. <laughs> my question is, if he retires this year, is he a Hall of Fame? That's yes. what I'm asking you. No. I say yes. How not? Who's not, who's not going to vote for him? He hit 402 threes. Like, the record was 286, which in he one year, In one year, though. Like, I just saw a stat that had Dwayne Wade's um, total stats across six years and, and Steph's his first six years. Obviously, he was injured one year, right? Dwayne Wade, like, eclipsed everything that he did. Now, I'm a huge Steph fan. Don't get me wrong. But I, th- I still think he needs a couple of more pecan seasons, a couple more seasons where he can, you know, kind of continue to grow those statistics 
for him to be a shoe-in first ballot Hall of Famer. I'll say I didn't it. say first ballot. I'm just saying that if he retired today with another chip, he got to be in. If you're not a first ballot, you don't deserve to go in. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you're wow. changing the rules as we go. You're changing the rules. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, yeah, in terms of legacy, eh, not yet. I think that LBJ has a better legacy right now, even though he is struggling against this Warriors team, not Steph, because Sean Livingston, low-key, is balling, balling. And he might be my MVP right now. I, I'm with Hartman. I don't think I could pick an MVP. Like, mm-hmm. it's been so sporadic. I mean, Draymond's been good on defense, and he had the big game. I don't know where you'd go on him. Draymond shoots air balls like every three shots. I can't the give you shots. A, get him twenty-seven points and eighteen rebounds. I can't give you that. I'm sorry, Draymond <laughs> Green. Not gonna happen. Yeah, we We're don't want to give it to with the podcast. <laughs> We're gonna give it to the Brazilian Blur, aka Usher, aka Leandro Barbosa. <laughs> Leandro, shout out to Miss Lassiter for bringing up the Usher reference. That's what's yeah. up. That's what's she up. just pointed. She just she just pointed and acknowledged because she's sitting beside me right now. Did she die? We watching the game yesterday at my in-laws' house, and she said, "Is that Usher?" <laughs> I just got so weak. I said, "No." That's awesome. Definitely not Usher out here balling. My wife was like, "Did when she saw Richard Jefferson, she said, wasn't he on the Spurs?'" <laughs> <laughs> and the Nets. <laughs> Great. And Milwaukee. Wife commentary is the best. It's like it's better than Mark Jackson. Like for real. <laughs> All right, man. It's so let's, so awkward. Let's, Watching uh, Mark Jackson. So let's move on to our brother Harambe. Okay. We got to talk about the gorilla because it's been crazy blowing up culturally on the internet. So on May 28th, for those of you who don't, who don't know, a young child, African-American child, fell into a gorilla, I guess you want to call it pit, in Cincinnati at the Cincinnati Zoo. And um, the zoo keepers um, and the zoo administrative staff were not sure what to do until the gorilla started dragging the kid. It was scary, actually. As a parent, to see a gorilla dragging a kid by his leg is really scary. So they decided to to shoot the gorilla and kill him. Uh, the boy went to the hospital with undisclosed injuries, but he was released and he's fine now. But then the internet exploded because a lot of people were questioning the mother's um, integrity, character, questioning whether she was watching the kid, and they really felt like the gorilla should not have been shot. So this brings up a whole slew of issues, but it also brings up the issue of Imago Dei and people um, and, and respecting the Imago Dei and people over and above animals because you know animal an animal got shot because a human life was in trouble and here's another component of it it was an african-american boy so the question is if it was a caucasian boy would we have this backlash or was it was there a racial motivation behind it so i want to get you guys' thoughts on harambe and the imago day and dealing with the death of an animal to preserve <coughs> preserve human life all right so boom <clears throat> Um, first of all, I think people who value animals, like there's a, there's a select group of people that value animals in a way that they would have been upset if the animal got shot, even if it was 
a Caucasian kid, an Asian kid. I don't think that was their thing. I think their thing was, first of all, we're already upset that animals are encaged anyway. And then like, you first you encage the animals, which there's also a gospel narrative that talks about like, you know, we should be, we should be kind to all creation. So, but their thing would be, why are you treating animals this way in the first place? See, look, this is what happens. And then you want to blame the animal. <clears throat> However, in some of the news coverage, um, they showed the child's father, who wasn't at the zoo, if I'm correct, and I'm reading this correctly, they brought up his criminal past. Even though he's got a job now and he's working, somehow the father, who was an African-American, his criminal past <laughs> entered into the narrative of the story of Harambe, <clears throat> that's one of the things that I'm not sure belonged in the narrative or why you would even run the like police record search for a story about a kid who escaped the gorilla at the zoo and the gorilla was put down. So um, I, I do think that there is a component of that, but I think the larger component um, was just that like it's hard for us to grasp this idea of the mago day that human life is always more valuable and i think there's so many things in our society that downplay um the value of human life john you're up in chicago and i think one of the big things that was really driving people crazy was that the story in cincinnati got so big the same weekend where 69 people were shot and five people died in Chicago over the Labor Day weekend. And you hear no news narrative over that, but a gorilla dies and there's this huge narrative. So I understand um, <clears throat> that, that it's just, that it seems nonsensical to think like 69 people get shot. That's horrendous. And it's a back page story to a gorilla. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Jay Hart? These are the type of issues that sometimes lead people to think, <laughs> think that I am not, not the most friendly of people. Um, because I, <laughs> and I'm trying to say that diplomatically because there are all, I often get in discussions with people, um, teachers, go figure, who are supposed to be smarter people. Um, but it, there's this discussion about whether or not the value of an animal's life is that much greater of uh, a human. And, you know, we believe, uh, you know, as Christians that yes, in every instance, the value of a human life is so much greater than, you know, of an animal. But there are people who truly don't see it that way. Um, and I, I just I think it, it leads to a bigger discussion about faith and about, you know, what we truly believe. But, you know, and it also leads people into um, discussions about my man, Mike Vick. Like they still they still throw Mike Vick under the bus and you know, want him to go to jail for what he did to dogs. But, you know, we have people that are playing in the NFL that were drunk driving and actually killed humans and didn't serve time and were still out there on the football field. But yet Mike Vick is some kind of heinous um, person. I, I just think we really need to examine our motives and our hearts. I think when they, they tried to point out that the mother was incompetent, man, we all got kids. Like, it don't take nothing but a split second for one of them to do something. You're like, wait, hold on. Well, like, why do you have that in the store? Why are you eating ice cream? Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, like, that seriously, like, like, story. 
Like it only takes like a split second, and um, you know, I I think people just they they took a stand on something I don't think really needs to be a stand. I was a little upset too about bringing in the father's criminal record, and the only the only aspect I could see, Chris, where they may have been going with that was to try to prove like there's some kind of negligence in the home, or like to try to throw out some some angle that these these folks aren't good parents and they, the kids should be taken away like i think we just need to be appreciative that the kid fell he was in a contained area with a dangerous animal um and he's okay now like that's what we need to be thankful for like there are so many things that could have gone wrong that didn't um and the fact that we're we're spending so much time as a society worried about whether or not my man Harambe got shot. Like, I, I just think, you know, we need to be thankful for the saving of human life and that this child, you know, hopefully will be okay. There won't be any kind of psychological issues or stress, but, or trauma, but, you know, we always got to value human life. So I, okay. So if my son would have fallen in that pit, I would have, I would have shot Harambe myself and twice on Sunday. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, my I'm wife sorry. is in here getting weak. I, I'm sorry for all my PETA listeners, but for real, Harambe would have been dead for sure, like without a question. Like I value human life, especially my child's life, over any ha- animal in God's kingdom. I appreciate the animals. I appreciate all of them. But there's no way that I'm going to value an animal's life over any human being's life, even George Zimmerman. To anybody else who I despise, like I really am not going to care about a gorilla being shot. Sorry, I apologize if people are offended by that, but um, that's just I just have too much value for the Imago Day in human beings. Um, for for that to be a concern of mine. Um, the race issue is a whole nother issue. I'm pretty sure that it came into play in terms of people's commentary. But I tell you what, one thing about the African-American race, because we're great, okay? We put together the greatest funeral program for Harambe in the history <laughs> of animal <laughs> funeral programs, okay? It was amazing. Like that program, oh my like, gosh. could have happened for real. Like you had the bishop, you had all the guys from Lion King, uh, paying their respects. Oh my goodness! Awesome. It was so awesome, and only our people can do that, okay? Because we understand the cultural component of putting together a good funeral for a brother. R.I.P. Harambe. We love. Uh, you, yeah. I know y'all last saw point, the meme point, though. Hold on. Y'all had to see the meme, right, where the gorilla was albino and was white, and it said, like, would this gorilla have been shot? That was great. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. So last point, last point. Like, on a real point, so, <clears throat> John, over here in Virginia, we country boys somewhat, right? So we get the chance to explore a lot. Like, our kids can play in creeks or lakes, find certain animals, right? When we do that, though, like with our own kids, we teach them to marvel at God's creation, but we teach them like not to do it in a way 
that harms the animals. So we're not picking up frogs and tossing them or like doing crazy stuff to the fish, you know. And the reason we're doing that is because it's part of God's creation, but it's the same gospel issue that teaches us that like anytime a child is in danger, that should be a no-brainer to anyone. Like that should any that's a that's a false outrage that like you would ever endanger a person's life to save an animal. So I just I just I mean the more we talk about it and I try to process that people are mad because people chose to save a kid, like the more perplexed I'm getting even as we talk about it now. Yeah, you can't there's no way that you can have rationally think that it's acceptable, okay, let's let the kid die and or you know, and save the gorilla. Like you can't like there's no rational way to explain anybody like that and and folks that are taking a stand and upset about the gorilla being shot, like deep down inside, they know like, yeah, if it was their kid, they would have done the same thing too. Mm, mm. Like, I think people just need to be real with that. Like, I don't care what you say. You can love all the animals in the world. If it was your child, you're going to do what you got to do to get your child out of there. Yeah. I think exactly. that's it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, <laughs> we all, we want to talk about a cultural icon. And um, in the person of the greatest um, boxer, and we would say pound for pound, generational boxer um, of all time in a lot of people's eyes in Muhammad Ali. On June 3rd this year, he passed away. So the Louisville, Kentucky native passed away in his Scottsdale, Arizona home after a long battle with Parkinson's disease. Now, one of the things about Christians, about us as believers, when it comes to these icons, is it's a wrestle, right? Because we're wrestling with the fact that a lot of them don't really share our faith, our values. Um, Muhammad Ali himself was married four times, but he's still an icon in our community, and we respect that. We respect him as an athlete. We respect some of the things that he did, he's done for the African-American community respect his stance on the war uh, when he was um, drafted. We respect all of that, but then at the same time, we wrestle with the fact that he doesn't share our faith commitment. But it also may be an indictment um, against the Christian community because he was one of the ones who was most outspoken when some Christians were not about certain issues and topics um, back then. So what do we do with him as an icon, as Christians, and as believers? What do you guys think? When we first started the idea of just thinking of a box in one podcast, it was just to look through these issues with a gospel lens, right? And so as Muhammad Ali like has passed away, I started thinking about not just him, but Prince and um, Barack Obama, like people who we hold in such great esteem in our community and saying like in a gospel lens, like we would have to look and say like, hey, like not all of this lines up with the gospel. Like, and there has to be a lens where we can appreciate. I think it's really, um, it's it's a really weird narrative for the African-American because we look at the people who were fighting for the Imago Day, like that biblical doctrine that blacks are equal. And a lot of the times when we look for who was fighting for that biblical doctrine, it was people who didn't even hold the Bible in such a great esteem. 
And so when we look to say like, who were the people championing our cause saying like, black people deserve freedom, deserve equal rights. Sometimes it was people who, um, it was white people who had great theology and thought their theology needed feet on it and were coming down south and doing freedom rides. And sometimes it, would, it was people who were very opposed to the Bible, but just clearly saw that all humans should be created equally. And so here we have um, Muhammad Ali, who's championing a cause that like he should have never had to champion for the church, if that makes any sense to what you're saying. So, and then there's the other thing for me, just personally, like, um, like it's fun to see like just how much confidence he had. But like, then we look at our savior who comes in the form of um, a servant. And then we try to reconcile those two things and say, wait, like as believers, like that's hard to reconcile. So it's just been a, a unique, like just trying to take a gospel lens and look over his life and appreciate the greatness that it was, but also like being careful not to just embrace parts of it that don't align itself with the gospel. Hey, here's here's an interesting thing. And I think uh, Ted Kluck talks about this in his book, because Muhammad Ali was probably the first most confident athlete to come along, period, in terms of having the bravado, saying that I'm the greatest. And then you have all these guys who come along like Mayweather and others who kind of try to emulate that. And it doesn't quite work the same for some reason. Maybe it's because Ali was first. Maybe it was because the way he annihilated people. Um, but at the same time, it's weird for me because I don't like people who are who have that bravado. Like, I'm not a big fan of people who toot their own horns. I had, uh oh, here it comes Kobe Bryant. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, just in terms of Ali, though, I feel, why, why do I like him? Like, why, when I heard, when I heard the news, why did I feel like I lost somebody? Like, it was somebody who really had an impact on my life. Um, because I don't ne necessarily gravitate towards those types of athletes. But I think part of it was just his social impact on our community. Um, the fact that he was one of the largest voices and he wasn't afraid to speak his mind in terms of uh, these social issues, not just talking about himself. And I think that's the one thing that distinguishes him from a guy like Mayweather, because his Instagram is full of money shots. No pun intended. <laughs> As opposed to like, I see like, what you did there. <laughs> as opposed to taking up social causes, issues like that, like you wouldn't even see that from him. So I think that that's one of the things that distinguishes him from anybody else. But at the same time, you know, I still have that like, why? Why do I feel that way about him? It's, it's just strange. It's strange. A lot of people that I talk to, uh, the especially when it comes to as far as like Christianity, the thing that I run into the most, especially with folks like Muhammad Ali or, you know, Prince or folks who have done such great things um, for people, for communities is, and Chris, you've probably heard it before too, especially with some of the kids that we, you know, talk to on a daily basis or is why, why do we feel like these people who have done such great things and they weren't Christians? Do we, is God really going to let them face an eternal punishment? Um, and that's where 
I think those difficult conversations come in because I have one kid in particular that I know would look at me and be like, but Coach Harmon, you trying to tell me that Muhammad Ali did all these great things for our community and, and took all these stands and God just going to let him go to hell. Mm. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I approach it and having those different difficult conversations and saying like, yes, he did do all these things. Yes. He was a great man. Like as far as our context and what we consider great, um, you know, and everybody talks about the way he carried himself with dignity, despite having Parkinson's um, and how debilitating it was. But like, there's also the realization, like we as believers, like if he was not, if he does not share our same faith, then yes, like that's what scripture tells us happens. Um, So like, that's kind of where I see it. Like, yes, he was a great person, but how do we have a, a gospel conversation surrounding that? I think the one thing, John, just to your point, um, like I don't remember anything that Muhammad Ali endorsed as far as a brand. Like almost every athlete in our generation, I immediately associate with their brand. You know what I'm saying? It's Jordan covering up the Reebok sign with the American flag at the Olympics. Um, But like you don't associate him with the brand. And when we've had these like Muhammad Ali discussions, we bear, I mean, we talk about a couple of fights, the Sonny Liston fight and um, the Thriller in Manila. But other than that, most of what we talk about Muhammad Ali for is what he championed. And none of it has to do with like building a brand, like the Muhammad Ali brand. So it, it almost feels like all of that stuff was like in the moment and it was part of his boxing stick, but it really wasn't all that he ever was, that there was some substance to the man um, that, you just you just don't really associate him with being a brand ambassador, like selling a whole bunch of like there's not like you can just go get the Ali 12s. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not still re-releasing <laughs> shoes for him. But um, like that's something that I want to be is like whatever else I was in life, who I was as a human. I think like the gospel makes us truly human when we see Jesus's life. We see what life looks like when the true humanity comes on the scene. And as we live into that, as we live into the gospel, I hope anything that I am by vocation is way outweighed by who I was as a true human um, reborn in the image of God. So that's I mean, that's what that's that's what I want for my life is for it to make a bigger difference outside of my vocation for people to like really be able to resonate with that. Okay, now. So for our weekly segment of Sorry, We Missed That, which is basically stories from culture, sports, and Christ um, that were pre-social media, pre-AOL sometimes, <laughs> uh, which might be the case today. We want to talk yes. about... Did you say pre-AOL? Yes, this is sir. pre-AOL. That is a real date thing. <laughs> that is a date. Because everybody, wow. everybody remembers... AD and then pre-AOL. Everybody remembers those discs, the dial-up, <laughs> the staticky. Oh, wow. Everybody Everybody's still got one in their house somewhere. Still too. got it in the junk Unwrapped. drawer. Like yes, <laughs> like everybody still has an AOL disc in their drawer somewhere. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. So along those lines, we want to we want to just go into this segment called "Sorry We Missed That," and this one's very special and near and dear to Silas's heart because um, I think he wants some paraphernalia. Uh, that pertains to this one. So in 1993, 
<laughs> NBA All-Star Weekend. Let's set the let's set the stage. Out walks a man who has on the NBA 2K created player jersey. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Craig Hodges. And Craig Hodges is a free agent at this time, but he is the defending three-point champion. So what does the NBA do? They give him an NBA jersey to wear. He may be the first three-point contest participant and only who was not on a team, not a team. He was on Team NBA and came out in the NBA jersey and defended his title. Now, the question becomes, one, do you want that jersey, C-Lass? Are you, are you scouring the internet right now looking for it? And then two, what's your favorite throwback jersey? Because I know you guys had some throwback jerseys back in the day. And you may still have them in your closet. And your wives are probably like, please toss that. But- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number one. This is the thing. Like, people were just trying to outdo each other with how clever they could be with the throwback jerseys. And it was an amazing run for while it lasted. I'm glad it's over. But I just can't believe, as people were trying to think how creative they could be, nobody thought to resurrect the Craig Hodges NBA 2K creative player (laughs) jersey. Like, everybody was trying to outdo each other at that point in the culture. Like, how did no one think of that jersey? Like, if, like, basically, that would have been game over. Like, you win. Like, no one would have ever thought of that. If you wanted to be the pinnacle of the throwback era, you come in the Craig Hodges NBA jersey with no team attached to it, and you win. Everybody so. would have, like, thrown their jersey at your feet like the rocks when they came to stone <laughs> that lady in the gospel. Like, it would have been, like, over. You're right. Done for. What have, that would have been it. So... <laughs> Who can top that? What, what do y'all got that could have topped that? Like, what did we miss? Like, whose throwback jerseys did we miss that would have been great? Nothing. Yeah, like, you, we've already established you can't top that. So, like... I'm just like, making sure. Nobody Is wants there anything a, that could have topped that? Nobody cares. Like, Uncell, Gerving, no one cares. This guy showed up to a three-point shooting contest with a 2K-created jersey. Game <laughs> <Same> over. <laughs> You're not in the NBA, and you show up and participate in NBA weekend. <laughs> over. Done. It's over. It's over. <laughs> so that was the greatest missed opportunity. So sorry we missed that. Sorry we missed that. Okay. Uh, so Now, you all realize we, we're going to have to get some credit for this because if Mitchell and Ness listens to this podcast and the NBA Craig Hodges throwback jersey pops up in Philadelphia, Somebody got some explaining to do. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to need some mention royalties. <laughs> <laughs> something. Something. Okay, we always close our segments with <laughs> what are you listening to and what are you reading? And then we want to be able to give our listeners some resources. So uh, let's just run through this right quick. What are you guys reading and what are you guys listening to these days? All right. <clears throat> Finishing up. Um, Mere Christianity, like the last time we talked. Um, but you know what I really want to read is Lecrae's book, Unashamed, that I have not purchased it yet. I got it right but here. But I'm looking bed. forward to reading that. And my son really wants to read it. He's 12. 
but I figure I may need to give that a read first before I pass that along. Um, as far as what I'm listening, as far as what I'm listening to, um, do y'all have Apple Music? I don't yet. Okay, like, I have Apple Music when you can have Spotify. This podcast brought to you okay. by Spotify. Hold, hold <laughs> this on, this podcast is had, not brought to you by Spotify. No, it's really not. <laughs> Look, I had this to get. This podcast we wish was brought to you I by had Spotify. To get, I had to get Apple Music because you they changed up the game on me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about that lemonade, so <laughs> it's too sweet for my taste. But um, no, I had, you know, I didn't realize it used to be on Apple Music that like if you had downloaded music it, and you didn't want it on like your phone, it, it would just be in the cloud. So I'm I'm trying to take it old school Lecrae to like real talk. And I'm trying to download it and it won't let me download it. And I'm like, well, hold on. What's going on? So, like, the Apple folks were like, oh, yeah, um, if you want access to that again, since it was in the cloud, you got to pay for Apple Music. So I ended up spending the three, four ninety nine or whatever it is a month to get all my music back. And then I just created a playlist with random reach artists. So I get my workout on. So buddy, that's, what I'm, that's buddy, what I'm working with right now. Buddy hung up and said, guiding. ah man so uh since the last time we podcasted i turned 40 the wife got me a uh, amazon gift card so i got books coming for days the one that i'm most excited to read i think is um christopher brooks urban apologetics i got um i literally have my hand literally right now on lecrae unashamed book um I got it for my birthday, but my daughter read it first, and she was nice enough to give that back. And I've started with reading um, a book that my mother-in-law got me per suggestion of my wife, um, One That's Embraced by Tony Evans, and it is amazing, and I'd highly recommend it. What am I reading? What am I listening to? Um, I was trying to download the Mike Reel and Flame um, EP revival when our power went out. And so that's a whole nother story, but that's what I would have been listening to this week. And maybe um, the Truth's new album, too. It's complicated. Hmm. So, you know, you're getting, um, I say, wiser when on your birthday, you say, I got books coming for days. Like, that makes you excited. I've always been that guy. <laughs> no, I'm a bookworm, too. So I'm, I'm the same way. Like, it makes me excited to see that Amazon box out there. Cause I know what's happening. I know what's about to go down. Know what's <laughs> about to go down. All right. So what am I reading? What am I listening to? I'm reading or I just finished reading. Um, so I'm still reading Creativity Inc., which is a great book on creativity by the guy who founded Pixar. I'm about halfway through that. And then I just picked up uh, and finished a short book by J.C. Ryle, who is a uh, 19th century preacher um, whose work is just timeless. And the name of it is Simplicity in Preaching. And it is 22 pages. And I think I highlighted about 20 of them. Um, <laughs> so serious. So serious. This guy, man, is great. Like, I was like, everything needs to be highlighted. But then I got to a point where like, I'm about to highlight this entire book. 
That's a problem. That's a problem. But um, Ryle's stuff is just that good. He has another book called Thoughts for Young Men, which is amazing. Uh, great. Uh, what I'm listening to is, you know, I'm, I'm still, I, I love Hillsong. So I usually go to that by default. Um, in in my playlist, and I think that um, I'm listening to their their latest album, um, and got that on repeat because because I love me some Hillsong, although I'm not Australian. <laughs> Bad accent. All right, so I think that's it for episode number seven. <coughs> we appreciate you guys for joining us on this particular episode, and we look forward for, to you joining us on episode eight. Remember, go to iTunes, rate our podcast, review our podcast, share our podcast. Um, also, follow us on Twitter at Boxing One Podcast. Uh, look forward to seeing you next go round, and thanks again for joining us. Peace out.